Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God, our regular epistolary lesson for this Sunday, as we find it written in the letter of James, the first chapter, the 18th verse. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In Christ Jesus, the Christ of Christian mothers, dear friends, you who are here in God's house this morning, and you also, Christian friends, who are worshiping with us by means of the radio. Today is the second Sunday in May, and it is the Sunday set apart in our country to be observed as Mother's Day. Today is the day, therefore, when we honor our mothers. Some of you, I notice, have the privilege of having your mothers in church with you this morning. A very happy occasion, is it not? Others of you, I know, plan to contact and to visit your mothers sometime during this day. Some of you have already sent gifts. Others of you will contact mothers at a distance by means of the telephone. And still others of us have on this Mother's Day mothers of memory, mothers who have been called from this world and who have entered the kingdom triumphant. Christian mothers, I, I'd like to challenge you this morning. I would like to challenge you and ask you this morning at this service to take a look at your Christian children as God sees them. Would you like to do that? I would like to have you see your Christian children through the eyes of God. That is my challenge to you today. And you may say, well, how does God look at our Christian children? And we find the answer in the Word of God in our text this morning, where we find James, the brother of the Lord, telling this, that God of his own will begat us or made us his sons or his children through the word of truth that we might become or that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation or of his creatures. God looks at your Christian children as a kind of first fruits of his creatures, as a sort of first fruits. And you may say, well, what does that mean? To understand that, Christian mothers, we've got to take a look at the Jewish Harvest Festival for a moment and to realize what it meant when the harvest time came for the Jew, when he cut the first wheat or the first grain of the field, there was a great religious ceremony because the first grain that was cut belonged to the Lord and he presented it to God because God looked upon the first fruits of the field as being of a special sacredness to him, of being something that meant more to him than all the rest. 
It was something especially sacred and something especially pure and good to him. And in the same way, the first fruits applied to the womb, the firstborn son. Oh, the firstborn son was something special to God. And therefore, as the first fruits of the womb, God looked upon the first fruits, therefore, as being of a special sacredness, of a special value, of being the very apple of his eye. And therefore, I challenge you, Christian mothers, this morning, would you look at your Christian children through the eyes of God and see them as something special, as being specially sacred, of being of special uncommon importance to God that they are especially near and precious to God the very apple of his eye will you see your children as God sees them and yet you may say to me on this Mother's Day well it's hard to believe that my Christian children are the apple of God's eye that they are something really special that they are something really precious to him that they are really sacred to him as the first fruits of the field that my children mean that much to God that they occupy that kind of an exalted position that they occupy that kind of status in the eyes of God you may say to me this morning well that's a little bit too good to be true because you may say in all humility and nothing extraordinary nothing uncommon nothing spectacular has ever happened to my Christian children and yet may I say to you this morning as I challenge you to look at your Christian children through the eyes of God and see them as a kind of first fruits as a sort of first fruits as something especially sacred something especially precious to God the apple of his eye for this reason that it is too good but it is too true because something extraordinary has happened to your children would to God that what has happened to your Christian children would have happened to all children God would like to have it happen to all but it has happened to your children Christian mothers to your Christian children and may I mention in the first place this is something extraordinary and uncommon that has happened to your Christian children and God reminds you of this that your Christian children have been born again oh they were born once physically and oh, you Christian mothers, you'll never forget that occasion, will you? When you held for the first time in your arms your child, especially the firstborn. When you realized that unselfishly you were willing to face death so that you might become a mother. And when you held that child in your arms and you kissed the child behind the ear and it smelt like narcissus and lotus blossoms, oh, you thank God, didn't you, that you had become a mother. And yet, as a Christian mother, you realized something that day. You knew that it was a marvelous thing that you were able to be the mother of a child to be born, humanly speaking. But you knew that your child was born in a condition of sin. You knew that it was subject to death and because it came into the world with the taint of original sin as all of us do as the word of God declares. And therefore you knew this that Jesus says except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God because that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You as a Christian mother knew this, that there was another birth that was necessary for your child and that was the spiritual birth in baptism. 
And so you asked the question, when is the next baptism, didn't you? And then you and your husband, you presented your child to the Lord Jesus in baptism. And in baptismal regeneration, your child was born a second time. And there was something marvelous that took place in that moment when the Holy Spirit, by means of the word of God and water, came to your child. There was kindled in the heart of your child a living faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, it was not a conscious faith that your child realized what had taken place, but Jesus Christ placed in that heart a faith in him. And there came with that faith then every blessing of the gospel, every blessing that Christ Jesus brought into the world by his sufferings and death on Calvary. It's a marvelous example of the grace of God, isn't it, that a child does nothing but when the child is born again in baptism because Christ Jesus went to the cross and bore the guilt and the punishment of the world's sin, there is given to every child in baptism the forgiveness of the taint of original sin. There is given to that child the forgiveness of eternal death and damnation. And there is given to every child in baptism eternal life and everlasting salvation. Mother, something extraordinary has happened to your Christian children. They were born a second time in baptism. They came to a living faith in Jesus Christ, and they were made joint heirs with him of eternal life. And therefore, when you realize that that's the extraordinary thing that has happened, and oh, God is no respecter of persons, and God doesn't love one child more than another, but it is God's will that all children might have Christian mothers and that Christian mothers might present them to him and that they might be born again so that God could look at all children and say they are the sort of first fruits. They are special. They are something especially precious. They are something especially dear and near to him. They are the apple of his eye. And today I would challenge you, Christian mothers, Will you continue to look at your children, your Christian children, through the eyes of God? And as you live each day with them, will you say to yourselves, My Christian children, they are a sort of first fruits. They are especially dear and precious to God. Something extraordinary has happened to them. And if you do that, I can assure you this, you're going to thank God for the privilege of being a mother. Oh, there are some mothers that resent being a mother. Maybe some of you would say, I must confess that when I was carrying this child of mine under my heart, that there were times when I was selfish and I wished that I were not going to be a mother. You may have confessed again to say, I deeply regretted and I even didn't want the child. And again, I murmured and complained against God. But, oh, you Christian mothers, you can say, but God has long ago forgiven me for such emotional things that I thought in the days when I was carrying beneath my own heart my unborn child. But how many of you, again, when you look at your child and say, think of it, my child is a sort of a first fruit of God, something special, something precious, the apple of his eye. What a privilege to be a mother. You know, this morning my heart aches for a certain mother. She's on her honeymoon down in South America. She's an heiress. She inherited $4 million. 
she turned her back on a husband, and that a person might do if husband and wife can't get along, they might separate. Mind you, I didn't say divorce. But this mother that I'm thinking about this morning for whom my heart aches, she turned her back on four children, the oldest of which is only twelve. And she married a man seventeen years her senior. This is Mother's Day. And I can't help but think of her this morning. I wonder now that the bloom and the enthusiasm of some of the honeymoon is worn over. I wonder how she feels when she could turn her back on four children that she brought into this world and would give them up for someone who should not be her husband. I wonder what she will say someday when those four children look at her and say, you didn't love us enough that you cared to rear us, you gave us away. And this mother has aspirations for the White House. When you and I look at the White House today and we see a Jackie Kennedy, we are proud of motherhood, aren't we? And I feel certain that if this nation ever has to choose, it will choose a Jackie rather than a happy to be in the White House. My heart aches for her, for any mother that could give up her children for her own selfish happiness. I challenge you, Christian mothers, that if you can look at your children through the eyes of God and you can see them as sort of a first fruits of God's creatures, something special to God, listen, you'll be proud of motherhood, and if they should ever turn away from you, yours will be the satisfaction that at least you did your best. Oh, you may be a stepmother, you may be a foster mother, or you may be a grandmother who has taken the place of a mother, and your efforts may not be appreciated. But if you have looked at those children through the eyes of God and you have seen them as God has seen them, as being a kind of first fruits, the apple of his eye, you may have no regrets, even though again they would turn against you. I challenge you, Christian mothers, this morning, on this Mother's Day, that you would say, I will look at my children, my Christian children. I will try to see them with the eyes of God, to see them as God sees them. And God sees them as sort of a first fruits. Oh, they are something special. Uh, they are his prized possession. They are sacred. To him, they mean the apple of his eye because something spectacular has happened to your Christian children. Not only this, that they have been born again, but God would remind you and me, your Christian mothers, especially in the second place, that your children have had the Holy Spirit come and abide in their hearts. You know, something spectacular also happened on the day when you Christian mothers presented your children for baptism, when faith in Jesus Christ was engendered in the heart of your child, the Holy Spirit moved in too. The Word of God says, Know ye not that ye are the temples of God, 
and that the Spirit of God dwells within you, Christian mothers, do you know that your children's bodies are the temples of the living God? And you and I may stand with our mouths open and we may say, how can it be that God could dwell, He personally, the Holy Spirit, in the heart and in the very soul of all individuals who have been baptized? Well, you see the nature again. We make our God so small that we fail to understand his magnitude and his bigness. But James says he is the father of lights, the God who by the fire of his word brought into existence lights, the suns and the moons and the stars. He is that God, and that Holy Spirit dwells in the heart of your children by faith. Oh, sometimes, oh, there have been days, haven't there, when you'd say in my children have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Oh, you've seen the trying days, haven't you? And you finally got them to sleep. But didn't you ever walk into the room at night and when the moonbeams were shining in the room, you looked at the face of a tussled little boy and you rubbed these hair back and you looked into his face and you saw the image of God, didn't you? And you thanked God and you thought, my God is oozing out. God is there. You saw it. Oh, Tommy lad, Tommy lad, though you're scarce a wee year old, you've seen the image of God, haven't you? Something spectacular happened in baptism, and that Holy Spirit that dwells in the hearts of your children by faith, that Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth so that living in the ways of God, they should not lose eternal life. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in their hearts by faith, lest they would lose the great blessings that became theirs when they were born again by water and of the Spirit. And that's why this morning, Christian mothers, I challenge you, will you look at your children, your Christian children, through the eyes of God, and, and every day that you live, when you look at them, will you say why they are a sort of a first fruits? They, they are something special to God. My children as Christians, they're, they're sacred, they're precious. Oh, they're so dear to God, they're the apple of his eye. And if you can look at them like that every day, and I challenge you to do so, then you're going to play your role as Christian mother with dignity. Oh, what a role, you may say, just a Christian mother. Is that it, just a Christian mother? Do you know of any role, do you know of any career that is comparable with taking a child that belongs to God, the first fruits of all his creatures, a sort of an especial blessing, especially sacred and especially near to God and training that child in the word of God? Do you know of anything that could tax anyone any greater than that. You are the greatest teacher that your child will ever have. Whether you're going to be the best teacher or not, I don't know, but you're the greatest because you're there first. And what you teach your child, your child will never forget. And whatever you tell your child, your child will believe it because you, his mother, said so. And what have you done as Christian mothers? Oh, you've played your role well. You taught your children how to pray that they might feel the nearness of God with them. And you taught them the word of God and you brought them to Sunday school and you brought them to church early in life. That they might realize and know what it means to worship God. To hear the word of God and to allow that word of God 
to sow itself within their own hearts because this is the temple of God to come into worship. Last summer it was my privilege to be in Scotland on Sunday. We were in Glasgow, and when Sunday came I wanted to go to a Scots Presbyterian church, and I looked up the largest one I could find, and we worshiped there that morning. The minister's name was Reverend Bob Allen. It was quite an experience because I saw an old ritual that is carried out in the Scots Presbyterian Church, carried out every Sunday. The pulpit is rather high. Besides the minister in the chancel, they have a man who is called a beadle, which means a man of secondary importance as regards offices in the church. But when it came time that Sunday morning for the sermon, and the pulpit rather high, the man called the beetle got up from his place. He walked over to a platform and he picked up the Bible and he held it very reverently and carefully and he climbed the stairs into the pulpit and he opened the Bible and he laid it in the pulpit. And then the beetle turned, this man, and he walked down the stairs and he walked over to where the minister was seated and he motioned for him to stand and he took the minister by the arm and he brought him back and brought him up the stairs and brought him into the pulpit and stood him in front of the word of God and then the beetle gentleman walked down the stairs and took his place. It's an ancient ritual in the Scots Presbyterian Church and it has a beautiful meaning. The meaning is simply this. First, the word of God is placed in the pulpit, and then comes the minister reminding him that as he stands in the pulpit, he is expected to declare the word of God and only the word of God. You Christian mothers, play your role well. You bring your children to God's house that they might here meet God and through the human clay of a minister that they might confront him and know his nearness. That yours may be this satisfaction that even if sometime in life your children may turn away from God, there may be something left there that you gave them that will bring them back. I think in my own life of a professor I had in one of my courses in college, he was a very brilliant man. His attitude in the classroom was anything but what you would want. But it was out of the classroom and he would speak vehemently and with blasphemy against the word of God and he ridiculed it and it was beneath the dignity of an educated man. And yet the man came from a Christian home. But later in life in meeting that same professor, it was a joy to know that something that a Christian mother had implanted in his heart brought about a change. Oh yes, he was a PhD from the University of Chicago, but he came back to a living faith in Jesus Christ, and it was all because he had had a Christian mother who had inculcated in him the word of truth, and he realized that he had spoken out of turn. And he came back to a living faith. Oh, you Christian mothers, I challenge you this Sunday on Mother's Day that you might say, I'm going to see my Christian children through the eyes of God. 
and I'm going to see them as a sort of a first fruit, something special, something really uncommon, his property and his possession, most sacred, the apple of his eye. And you ought to be able to see that it isn't too good to be true because something extraordinary has happened to your Christian children. Not only have they been born again, not only has the Holy Spirit come to dwell in their hearts by faith, but also God would remind you Christian mothers this, that God has taken your Christian children under his wings. Remember when Jesus cried over Jerusalem and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? You and I have seen the side of the hen with the chickens under her wings. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And God Almighty, the God of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning, the God who by the magnificence and the power of his word brought a universe into existence, tells you, mothers, that when baptism your children became his, he shelters them under his wings. The God Almighty who sees that nothing shall happen to them beyond his power, that nothing shall ever happen except by his permission, the God who promises to protect your children and mine so that he will overrule every evil for good so that they will be able to live until they have fulfilled the plan and the mission which God has intended for them in giving them life. Oh, something extraordinary has happened to your children, mothers. Yes, they have been endowed with an immortality in this world to fulfill a mission. God has provided them with talents and abilities. And God has assured you that when they shall fulfill that mission for which he gave them life, they shall complete it to his honor and glory. And therefore, because it's too good and it is true, something wondrously has happened, something extraordinary, something uncommon has happened to your children. Well, therefore, on this Mother's Day, I challenge you, will you continue to see your Christian children through the eyes of God and look at them and say, why, they're a sort of first fruits. They're something special. They're especially precious. They are especially dear and near to God. They mean something. They're the apple of his eye, just like the first fruits of the field and the first fruits of the womb. And I challenge you, if you look at them like that, then early in life you're going to light the spark in their lives so that they can fulfill the plan for which God has given them life. Oh, for children to have Christian mothers who will say, Tommy lad or Jeannie, what are you going to be? What are you going to do with your life? How are you going to live it? Do you realize that there's a reason for you to be alive? What are you going to do? How are you going to spend your days to show your love for God? How are you going to live it with your talents and abilities that you can, in this world, leave it a little better, that you can impress people that you are living out of love for God and make it easier for somebody else to love your Christ? Oh, I think back about 11 years ago when I stood at my own mother's grave and I think back of the days when I was a child my mother lit the spark rather early in life to her there was nothing like the Christian ministry no one ever said one word against the Christian ministry as regards my mother oh she was not highly educated she had just finished the eighth grade high school was beyond the reach of many in those days.
But to my mother, to be a minister of Jesus Christ meant far more than to be president of the United States. But it was lighted early, not only in my own heart, but in my brother's. So it wasn't a forced thing. But again, this thing, can you give your life in the service of Jesus Christ? Just about 11 years ago, the four of us children, we stood at my mother's grave over in Hammond, Indiana, and Oak Hill Cemetery, right near South Chicago, where she grew up and spent most of the years of her life there in East St. Louis. And I remember as we four children stood at her grave, and my father's grave alongside of hers, uh, there was a sense of gratitude that we four children felt. And that was that they didn't leave us too much as regards earthly things because they didn't have it. But all four of us could stand at the grave and say, but mother and dad did leave us this. They left us a Christian faith because we are children of God. And they left us a heritage that even time cannot erase. And I remember there also came this feeling at her grave that day that I had no regrets. You know, there's one thing that a Christian mother wants more than ever in life. She wants to be loved by her children. She wants to be wanted. She doesn't want to feel like a fifth wheel, like she's in the way. She wants to have her children rise up and call her blessed. Isn't that it, Christian mothers? I could stand at my mother's grave and we four children could say we, to the best of our ability, we let them know we loved them and we took care of them because it was a joy and we had no regrets. And we left her grave and the four of us went to our different ways. We kissed one another goodbye and my older sister left for East St. Louis, Illinois, my younger sister for Collinsville, Illinois, my brother then to Richmond, Indiana, and I came back to Marion, Ohio, having stood at the grave of a Christian mother, yes, but one who again taught us something, one who wanted to be loved. My heart aches for many of you Christian mothers today who aren't loved, whose children do not rise up and call you blessed, who don't seem to care. But I challenge you, Christian mothers who are still training your children, will you look at them every day as being the sword of first fruits, as something special in the sight of God, something just so precious and so wonderful? That again, as you train them for life, that you might have the joy someday that they will rise up and call you blessed. I'd like to ask you, as your children walk the glory road, can they sing in the cross of Christ, thy glory towering o'er the wrecks of time? All the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime because you told them about the cross of Christ. Oh, if they have known Christ from you, and if you can see them, tussled heads to be sure, as a sort of first fruits, as something special, as the apple of God's eye, I wish for you today that your children rise up and they call you blessed. I wish you a blessed Mother's Day. Amen.
the peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Thank you.